It's a fine line between conveying deep insights versus being overly mystical. Welcome, mere mortalites, to another round of the Mere Mortals book reviews. I am your host, Kyron, host of the Mere Mortals and Value for Value podcast, but also this book review show where we dive deeper into the books that I'm reading to give you the juicy information contained within to extract some themes you might not have thought about. I go over my general thought processes, give you some background knowledge of the author, of the style, of the plot, all of these different good things and wrap it up into a, a neat little bow for you. So I will just let you know, I focus generally on the older classic books. So books that were written more than 10 years ago, any style genre you'll find as I jump between different ones. And today I don't even really know where you'd put this one. It's almost like a fables. Uh, I have the book for you, The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. Khalil um, Gibran, I'm not probably mispronouncing that word, uh, poorly because he is of Lebanese descent. So this book was published in uh, 1923 as uh, approximately 117 pages in total. Probably took me about one and a half hours reading in, in, in total to get through because it does have a lot of just blank pages uh, as well as some, some drawings and um, some, I don't know if you'd call those paintings or what they are, but a lot of just different things going on there. So um, my motivation for, for reading this book uh, much like the mysterious prophet, the origin of this on my radar is mysterious. How did I come about this book? Where did it come from? Uh, <laughs> no, it's not It's not that mysterious. I had heard this mentioned in a couple of different places, though. It's one of those books similar to The Alchemist where you'll, you'll probably have heard about someone mentioned it before as a great book, something that they enjoy. And so uh, it eventually made it onto my little list here. So uh, when I first started coming into this book, my initial impression... I, it was it was not great. It was not great to be honest. I'd had a really rough day and wanted to kind of decompress in the evening and having some uh, esoteric ramblings when I was tired and mentally exhausted was just not not ideal. So I kind of picked it up, read you know the first five, seven, eight pages and was like, uh, I'm not sure I want to deal with this. I put it down though and and said, oh, look, I'll, I'll give this another try when I'm a bit more fresh when I'm not coming into it in such a bad state. So uh, that was something that I, th I think was worthwhile just calling out in that my initial impression, not so great, but learned that, okay, maybe I just need to overcome that and, and then um, we'll, we'll give it a decent shot because it's not worth trying to read a book when you're, when you're kind of like that. So the plot and style of this, uh, it's a relatively simple prot, uh, plot of a prophet answering questions to the townsfolk of Orphalese, which uh, even though I don't th think it's explicitly stated, just the descriptions of it, I got it to be more of a, uh, you know, a Lebanese port town is, is basically what, what was happening. So uh, he's waiting, he's about to leave. They're never gonna see him again. A ship is sailing in and he kind of walks around the town before all the townsfolk are, are like, Mr. Prophet, and um, his name is Al Mustafa. This is the very first word of the book is his name. But I don't believe that they actually repeat his name ever again. Uh, I can't recall seeing it ever again. Uh, so he's, it's pretty much just let's call him the Prophet because names aren't important in this book. Uh, as I mentioned, it's so short. So there's not a lot of plot or character development. What essentially happens is uh, they're, they're pleading for him to like uh, uh, to give him them some wisdom before he leaves. And so they'll have this setup where it's like the butcher uh, asks the prophet, you know, tell us about uh, trade or commerce. And usually it's the person asking it is related to it. So a seamstress will ask him uh, to talk about clothing. 
So he's got 26 separate topics that he talks about. And these are things like on reason and passion, on self-knowledge, on friendship, on time, on prayer, on pleasure, on beauty, on religion, on death, uh, on eating and drinking, on work, on joy and sorrow, on houses. You know, there's there's 26 of them in total. Uh, he delivers a relatively short poetic response and then in, re- in reply to this, and then another person asks him the question. So uh, right at the end of the book, he leaves on a waiting ship as the CRS Almitra. Uh, remains the last to watch him leave and kind of contemplate his his last words. So really, really simple, basic plot line. The style, I think, plays a rather important uh, section in this book or has an important theme to it because it is so short. So it really is about how the characters convey themselves and what the writing is actually right. It, it's pretty non-standard in terms of its grammar. So a lot of the word order and verbs and things like this Maybe this is related to the author and just his Arabic background and, and maybe the translations are, are, are like that. He actually wrote this in English, but it could just be he was interpreting or taking some of that knowledge that he has um, of Arabic to to be able to convey these things. Um, and there's a lot of different subversions or patterns of, of what you would expect. So most work here, I think the writing is relatively understandable in some portions in terms of the actual words it's not the grammar is not too hard to understand but what he's trying to convey certainly can be at times so uh, i'll go to page 57 58 here uh, which i thought was a some of the one of the better examples of the writing here and gives you a taste of of what actually happens so uh, on freedom is the section and an orator said speak to us of freedom and he answered At the city gate by your fireside, I've seen you prostrate yourself and worship your own freedom. Even as slaves humble themselves before a tyrant and praise him though he slays them. I, in the grove of the temple and in the shadow of the citadel, I've seen the freest among you wear their freedom as a yoke and a handcuff. And my heart bled within me, for you can only be free when even the desire of seeking freedom becomes a harness to you. And when you cease to speak of freedom as a goal and a fulfillment, you shall be free indeed when your days are not without a care, nor your nights without a want and a grief. But rather, when these things girdle your life and yet you rise above them naked and unbound. So there's a bit of poetry to that. You can see uh, he's he's got some sections there talking about freedom of how if you try and make yourself too free, it's almost like it's the opposite of an anti-goal. I think, I think that's got a little bit of wisdom out there. Um, but then this gets us on to, I suppose, our, our questions and our themes that arise from this book. And the main question for me is, uh, and whether enough is conveyed, it is such a short book that you, I think you are meant to do the digging yourself. That That's what you're kind of trying to find uh, because the words themselves, the things that he talks about, they're relatively benign. I guess they're, they're, they're things that all of us will come across in life. You know, the, the first ones being on love, on marriage, on children, on giving, on eating and drinking, on work. You know, <laughs> it's pretty much just the stuff that you will encounter day-to-day life. It's not like on honor, which is, you know, something that we, we rarely think about in day-to-day life. At times, it does seem to hold hold a deeper wisdom, but man, some of them really seemed overly complex, complicated, obtuse even, uh, where it's just, you're really trying hard to grasp the meaning. I get that I'm meant to do a bit of work, but uh, I'd like you to guess what topic this section is on. So I read off a whole bunch of them there. So it's it's something general and and relatively uh, easy to talk about. But uh, yeah, you have a guess on on what this is particularly talking about. So uh, we're here on page forty nine. 
Like the ocean is your God self, it remains forever undented, and like the ether it lifts but the winged. Even like the sun is your God self, it knows not the ways of the mole, nor seeks it in the holes of the serpent. But your God self dwells not alone in your being. Much in you is still man, and much in you is not yet man, but a shapeless pygmy that walks asleep in the mist, searching for its own awakening. And of the man in you would I now speak, for it is he and not your God self, nor the pygmy in the mist, that knows, and then what is it? Dun, 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 dun. Crime and punishment of, and the punishment of crime. So this was on crime and punishment. You know, the, the whole section here, it does get into more relatable things, I suppose, because this section is five pages long. And so he's got things talking about the wicked and the weak. Uh, the murdered is not a, unaccountable for his own murder. Uh, talking about, you know, revenge, getting onto things like that. But when you have a section just talking about God self and ah, I, I, I really was pulling at straws, trying to figure out what he was trying to say there. Um, and this, I think, is due somewhat to the plot, to the style of there's these multiple rapid talk topics and they're each rather separated. They don't intermingle with one another, which you'll much find in books where they'll have a linkage back to a previous point, which then helps to elaborate. It's kind of like a building up of a, of a temple or of a overall life philosophy or something like this. Whereas this book is rather, here's a tiny little section. Here's a tiny little section. Here's a tiny little section. And there's no intermingling of these two to form a greater narrative or something cohesive. Um, so I, I really kind of struggled to connect with anything deeper on a deep section because he was talking in these relatively vague terms. He wasn't telling a story. It was, here's just my random general thoughts, which whilst in a poetic nature uh, do lack, I think the, something like the narrative, which you'll see in maybe in Aesop's fables, which have a, a small character like the, the frog and the scorpion or things like this, where you, you get a, in uh, through the form of a story, you see, oh, okay, if I behave like this, um, you know, I will uh, kill myself, much, much like the scorpion does with the frog riding, uh, riding on its back. And the frog's asking it, like, why are you doing this? And, and the scorpion's just like, it's in my nature. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's, I, this is what's going to happen. I will do self-destructive things, which is like, oh, okay, that's a pretty deep insight. I, I, I think there's a lot of value in that. So, that was, I guess, the main thing. There's not too much to take from this book in terms of questions and themes. Maybe if you had a different person doing the book reviews, they would talk about their favorites. I, I didn't particularly find anything which I felt was worthy of, of elaborating on and expanding. So let's just jump onto the author and some extra details. Well, Khalil Gibran was an author, poet, and artist. Um, his life somewhat seemed to recall the fascination I've had between the Eastern and Western cultures and Eastern in this uh, particular aspect is Middle Eastern, where he was born in Lebanon, moved to the United States at a relatively early age. I think he was 12 years old, something like that. Stayed there for a couple of years, went back to Lebanon, then went back to the United States. And he, he very much lived in between these two worlds. Uh, he was publishing in English and in Arabic. As I mentioned, this book was published in English. So we are getting the raw, full details of, of what he was trying to convey. Um, he brought some of the mysticism and the poetic qualities of life. And I think he put them up for display, which you will find more in this in the Arabic world of uh, you, you can just see it in like their architecture and their clothing styles and their 
choices of you know what they do the spiritualism the mysticism there is a lot of that contained within this book uh which i th- i think is much more this this reminds me of an an arabic tale much more than something i would have guessed that a westerner would have produced it's linked to religion but as to the deeper motivations of what he was trying to convey in this book i i'd, I'd really be guessing i'd, I'd and I'd have to do further research to to really find out. I do know he wrote other books, at least adjacent to this, in terms of it would it would be talking about the prophet and him coming back to the city, or or a, a character like this who is trying to dispense wisdom. So, um, yeah, I think that that uh, conveys, a, I suppose, the author. In terms of just extra details, some of the things that he said in here just felt plain wrong. <laughs> there was a couple of things. So jumping on to page 73 here. So this was on talking. And so then uh, a scholar asked, uh, and then a scholar said, Speaking, speak of talking. And he answered saying, you talk when you cease to be at peace with your thoughts. And when you can no longer dwell in the solitude of your heart, you live in your lips and sound as a diversion and a pastime. And in much of your talking, thinking is half murdered. For thought is a bird of space that in a cage of words may indeed unfold its wings, but cannot fly. Um, there are those among you who seek the talkative through fear of being alone. And then he goes on to explain more. And I was like, you know, at the very least, that seems wrong to me, or at least his attitude of of talking, of what you can actually do with talking. I find that talking to a camera, to a, to a microphone actually lets me think better. What she was saying here, you know, it, you're you're talking when you uh, uh, aren't at peace with your thoughts, when you uh, can no longer dwell in solitude. And it's like, well, I'm doing this on my own, you know. <laughs> and so there's a, a lot of different things in this where he goes on to explain some of the good parts of talking. But this is a very short section. There's only three paragraphs to it. And it comes across as, I, I don't know, a bit hypocritical you know, talking about the negative bits of talking as he's talking, it seems to be, uh, yeah, it, you know, is there that much wisdom in that perhaps, but maybe you should order it in a different manner where you don't come across as hypocritical or I don't know. There was just a couple of things where it seemed to be like lacking in self-awareness and where perhaps he was trying to go too deep. And I think that was probably my main contention with this. And like I mentioned right at the start, there did seem to be some grasping at trying to to really flesh things out to to make it dig you know make it deeper and and things like this. Um, so this I suppose gets onto my own summary. This was a real hit and miss for me, a real hit and miss, and mostly miss. I my favorite ones were when he had a twist on the conventional wisdom. So is something that is perhaps oft repeated, and I'm, I know I'm guilty of this myself where you've heard of this thing before, you use it to prove a point, but it's not necessarily actually true. And this is where you'll th- hear about things like the um, tragedy of the commons, which uh, is is not really what it was intended to be, the origin of that word, of that phrase. Uh, the tragedy of the commons is not what we think it is. And it's one of those ones which you people will just use lazily to to talk about much like they'll also use those things like the Stanford prison experiments or the uh, Stanley Milgram shock experiments to convey about how, uh, you know, humans when put in power or at our base core will 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 do awful things to other people just because others tell us to. Those experiments were bogus crap science and yet people will use them as an example to 
to talk and prove a point, even though it's not there. So I get it. Uh, and I like it when he has a twist on conventional wisdom. I, I think that's, that's really cool. But most of it, I thought it was just, I felt as if he was just trying to pad things out as if he was like, well, you know, on pain, what am I going to talk about on pain? Let's, let's, there's a couple of like insights I might have. Uh, let's, instead of that being three sentences, let's make that at 20. And, and so when I, when I get the feeling that someone's trying to pad stuff out, uh, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of that, not a fan of that at all. And so I didn't, I didn't, re I really didn't know what to give this book in terms of ratings. I was initially going to give it a three and a half. And then I was like, ah, oh, it's not that bad it's maybe it should be a four and a half. And then I just went, you know what? I really didn't take much from this. So overall I'm giving it a two and a half out of 10, the profit by Khalil Gibran. I think it's a little bit of a harsh rating, but uh, it's, it's also, I think a reflection of just overall where I'm at in time. If I'd read this book in the past, uh, perhaps I would have enjoyed it. It does seem to have this mix of Aesop fables, which I do like of the alchemist, which I do like of Siddhartha, which I do like by Herman Hesse, um, in a more poetic form, what type of poetry it most resembles. I, I really don't know because I've, I've only read a couple of things by pushkin and and um and some of the other you know just like general poets so i i'm i can't relate it to anything maybe the tibetan book of the dead that kind of style of abstraction maybe um but yeah i i i can't say i really connected deeply with that um the obvious recommendation of this is just to not read it in a bad state um where i was at the start but um <clears throat> maybe if I'd come across this earlier in life, I would have given it a more substantial look at. It's the kind of book I think you can spend a lot of time on if you want to, which is why it's one of the most best-selling books of all time. It's in the probably top 100 or something. Lots and lots of translations um, into different languages, things like this. Just for me personally, did not connect, did not, did not, uh, was not a home run for me. So, um, yeah, that was my impression of The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. I'm going to go into my Boostergram Lounge section. This is where I thank people for tuning in, for those who are supporting the show and uh, just feedback and general comments, things like this. I did see that we had some streaming payments coming in through from Ashley Glenday and from Mr. Juan G himself, uh, the other host of these book reviews who, uh, as you'll see, we, we published a, a book review of his. He doesn't do them live, so those will just be interspersed throughout the week. Whenever he has one, I'll, I'll post it up. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much, uh, Ashley and Juan for, for tuning and streaming in. You'll see on your screen now that I've, I've got a QR code up there and, um, there's also going to be a link, um, in the chapter images slash show notes, uh, to, a, a place called Lightsats. And so this is just a way for me to encourage you to, um, to boost into the show, uh, to, there's a way of me giving back to you. So what I like to do for the Boostergram Lounge, for those who don't know, is, is a way for you to support the show. So uh, it does require a lot of time, energy, money, all these sorts of things to, to create these book reviews, to continually do these week on, week out. And I just ask that you support back in some form. And the preferable way is to do this through a, a podcasting 2.0 app where you can send in a Boostergram. And a Boostergram is a message uh, that you send within the actual app which goes directly to me and has a payment of some sort of Satoshis. 
Um, so micropayments of Bitcoin, you can make it as large or as little as you want. You know, it's, it's about the value that you get from this show and, and what you think of it. So if you scan this QR code, this is actually an onboarding service for you to, to actually get some because I get it, Bitcoin's really new. It's, uh, you know, it's still like digital money. It's like, oh, this is hard. What's the difference between Bitcoin and Bitcoin on the Lightning Network, things like this. If you scan this QR code or, or click the link, uh, this will take you to a place where you can get 2000 sats, which I've just put in a wallet for you. And it's kind of an onboarding experience. So if you want to know more about these things, click the link or, or scan the code and um, and that'll take you through to there. So yeah, we'll, we'll um, leave it there and, and say, uh, just thank you for, for supporting the show and, and doing that um, as we have in the past. As usual, this is a value for value show. I go live here on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. I had a bit of a technical snafu earlier, so I was slightly late, but I was still relatively um, 15 minutes late. And uh, I do hope to be getting this live on the podcasting apps from next week. I, I gave it a shot this week, but uh, it, yeah, just didn't didn't uh, pan through. So there's a couple of things I want to talk about. Time, talent and treasure is how you can support a value for value show. So essentially the concept is I provide all this value up front and this is my core ethic. These shows will be available anytime, anywhere for anyone, anyhow. So I want to put it in the most places I possibly can and have it free. The only play, the reason I would take it down from something is, is if I thought they were making the show worse by putting ads in or something like this. So uh, I provide all this value up front and I just ask that you return it in some sort of form. Uh, you can do this through time. This is doing the simple things, liking, subscribing if you're on YouTube, sharing it with a friend if you're on a uh, podcasting 2.0 app or, or just listening via the audio. All of these sorts of recommendations and things, word of mouth really, really does help. So uh, I would definitely encourage you to, to do that and, and, and thank you for that. Talent, so this is a bit of a new one. You heard me reading out um, the the quotes from this book in the in the section here, which I did okay today. I didn't stutter on it too much, but usually I, I, I tend to stutter on the words. And so I'm actually looking for someone who would be willing to record some audio for me. And I would basically week in and week out, send you something to just uh, to record. And if you've got a deep voice, if you've got an interesting way of, of being able to record and, and, and talk about uh, uh, a, a book and things like this. And this is just a fun way where I could get you to interact with the show if you want to, if you want to be on the show, have your voice on the show. And I would also put you in a split. So for any payments that are coming in through uh, via the Lightning work, Network of people supporting the show, I would put you in a split as, uh, for that as, as a thank you for, for helping me to create something different and um, encouraging you to also be part of this show. So if you're interested in doing that, please just hit me up on any of the social links down below. Just type in, you know, hey, Kyron, um, you mentioned something on the book reviews about recording audio. I'm interested, that sort of thing. Let me know. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd really love to do that. I think that'd be a fun way of incorporating you into the show as well. Uh, other talents that you could do is also give me some book recommendations. If you thought I didn't like this one, if you thought I missed something, uh, commenting in the YouTube comments or sending a boostergram with uh, additional messages or even just you know, participating in the live chat and things like this, all of that would be super, super fun and very much appreciated. And then finally, uh, you can send in some treasure. So the best way to do this is if you go to meremodelspodcast.com slash support, that is where I have everything up on the details of how to support in, of what you can do as a 
uh, as a person who's who's just tuning in, as um, someone new who doesn't know about all these different things, we've got a PayPal link if you want to do it through PayPal. All these different things, all that will very much be appreciated. And um, I'd like to acknowledge and thank you on the show in these last sections here as well. So I'm going to leave it there for today. Thank you everyone for joining in. What have we got coming up? Uh, the next book review should be on The Inevitable by Kevin Kelly. And then I've got a couple of, I think maybe sci-fi or fiction books that'll come after that. And then we shall see. So thank you very much for joining uh, joining me, tuning in. And until the next time, ciao for now. Kyron out.